Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series on the future of financial compliance. This podcast series is sponsored by Verant. Verant is a provider of reactive, active, and proactive compliance solutions for the new regulatory environment of financial services. In this podcast series, I'm visiting with Phil Fry. He's the Vice President of Go to Market at Verant, which is challenging the accepted wisdom around financial services compliance through capture, control, sustainability, and oversight. However, this process works through a wide range of compliance issues for any compliance discipline, anti-corruption compliance, trade compliance, AML compliance, or any other type of compliance. Today in this part four, we discuss sustainability. I know you will not only enjoy it, but find it extremely useful. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Phil Fry, the Vice President, Financial Compliance and Go-to-Market Strategy at Verant. We are in the middle of a uh, exploration of the Verant solution. And today on uh, episode four, we're going to take up sustainability. So, Phil, welcome back. Uh, Thanks very much, Tom. So sustainability uh, is a word that I think is in the forefront of literally every every business executive's <laughs> mind, including compliance professionals. Uh, what does you mean or what does Ferrant mean when you talk about sustainability? Okay. Now, as we know, sustainability can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, but in this context, almost none of them have anything to do with saving the planet, uh, at least not directly. Uh, What we're talking about is managing constant change and moving your compliance organization uh, and resources, technology, practice, procedures, data, skills, etc. to a place where they run efficiently and effectively without undue drama, however that may be caused, and, and where compliance risks are minimized. Look, I, I'm, I'm well aware that many compliance officers will be listening to this and thinking, yeah, that'll never happen. Uh, And in some respects, they may be right. Look, I I don't think there is currently a perfect, all-encompassing way of dealing with all of the many facets of managing compliance and the underlying technology um, that will never suffer occasional blips or be caught out by the unusual set of circumstances or unexpected regulatory or business change. But it is definitely worth thinking about how it's possible to move away from an environment in which compliance teams are constantly firefighting or struggling to keep pace with the workload. So are we talking about digital transformation or sustainability, something different? Uh, Well, look, change is the one constant. We all know that. It happens across multifacets. The organizations, when they have M&As, organizational structures change, personnel, roles, regulations, geography. So it's a blend of factors. Look, in my experience, it's amazing how often people forget that achieving sustainability is not about transforming one thing, such as technology alone. But but let's start with technology. I spend my time looking at the technologies employed in compliance and imagining how things might look if we could be bold enough about future possibilities and exploit the best that is on offer. Having said that, as paradoxical as it might seem, a big part of doing that involves looking back at what we do now, how we do it and with what tools partly to see the backdrop for our march forward, but also to be able to make sure that we can plot an attainable route from where we are to where we need to be. 
Phil, it occurs to me that, well, rather, um, compliance professionals are very comfortable with the term risk assessment and management of risk. It occurs to me that really uh, what you're talking about here is perhaps even a step past uh, risk management and using a standard risk assessment tool. So I was wondering is, but uh, what I specifically ask is how this looking back has shaped your vision of the future? Um, well, look, existing tools and systems, particularly the data they contain where the real value is, are not going to disappear overnight. Even if new ones are in place and operating smoothly. So a big focus for me and Verint when thinking about sustainability is how we make that transition from current to future state in a way that is as smooth and undisruptive as possible. Fear of change has been a roadblock for many organizations to move to newer smarter technology. So how do we facilitate the retention and, and migration of data in a way that does not compromise its usability or usefulness, but also doesn't hold us back? So one of the biggest barriers to embracing new, better ways of working has been the desire, the need to preserve access and the use of data gathered over long periods and stored in existing solutions databases. So I am a huge proponent of adopting open standards and ensuring that the new capabilities we create are equipped with a rich library of open APIs and tools that will allow them to interwork with external systems and to use and exploit data that's been gathered and stored in these legacy systems. Compliance teams, for me, should look for this approach whenever they go, and please don't be fobbed off with claims that you don't need to take an open approach. None of us know what the business environment or the regulators are gonna throw our way next. Being able to move data and processes steps around uh, using open interfaces can help you insulate your business against some of that uncertainty. So what are some of the other factors that uh, you and your team have considered? Um, a big focus has to be on the movements over time within the organization, what I refer to as temporal change. Financial services is an incredibly fast moving, dynamic, and at some times, as we are aware, a volatile world. The only thing we can guarantee about the future is that everything will change. So achieving sustainability also hinges on the capability to cope with those changes and developments without them causing undue disruption. And disruption can be caused by simple workday things like the constant flow of ads and amends that happen to staffing rosters. Now, this is about more than issuing new IDs or canceling ob obsolete ones, important as they are, because it affects your recording and interaction capture, the configuration and application of communications and trading policies, and how they're monitored and policed. Managing these changes, and too often the fallout of them being missed and not applied when needed, creates a significant burden and an area of major compliance risk. The same goes for verifying the operation of the infrastructure that will always be a complex blend of technologies and solutions. Because of this, it has multiple points of multiple failure. Recording platforms, databases, physical devices such as the dealer boards and computers. Um, physically walking the floor to check the operations of the components is not only time consuming, it's fraught with risk. For example, if 10% of your devices are not working as required, but you can typically only check 10% of them each day, then you effectively only have 1% chance of identifying these failures. And you still run the risk that many features 
are hidden in a non-compliant instance. There has to be a better way. These are areas where some of the latest automation solutions have a lot to offer. Variability, variability is the enemy of compliance, and automation excels at carrying out high-volume, repetitive tasks with absolute accuracy and consistency. It's now possible to automate the start-of-day communications infrastructure tests and the through-the-day performance and quality checks that help ensure that everything and everybody that should be captured and recorded is finding its way safely into your secure archive. And if it's not, then you'll be alerted to that fact instantly, not one, two, or 10 days later when the testing samples finally reveal a huge problem, or heaven forbid, when the gaps are revealed by an audit or regulator's investigation. Phil, regulators in the United States have really begun to focus on corporate culture. And I believe regulators in the United Kingdom and perhaps even in the EU will begin to as well. So I wanted to ask uh, in concluding uh, your thoughts on the subject of sustainability, what's the role of organizational will and attitude or what we would call culture? I, I think that's a, an incredibly important point. Look, I, I can't leave the subject of sustainability without giving mention to the importance of that organizational will and attitude. Plenty of experts and commentators have commented that digital transformation is as much, if not more, about transforming the organization's culture as it is about the technology you introduce. And this is an important facet for financial services businesses too. Understandably, they are likely to err on the side of caution because they fear that too large a step away from the status quo may increase their risk of being caught, in, of being caught out. Throwing more resources at the problem has been a common response to the increased regulatory burden, but it's not sustainable, that word again, in the long term. So we do need to work at getting all stakeholders, not just the compliance and risk teams, on side to the notion of taking a series of radical looking steps forward. For the culture of the organization to critically re-examine accepted norms about how things are done and who does them, you know, there is no such thing anymore as the norm in this world. We have to look to the future. Also, for what that means to senior management in terms of the buttons and levers we give them to manage the business and how that affects compliance risk, which of course they have a personal vested interest. And finally, for the tools and technologies used to support all of this and the part it can play in addressing the frustrations, restrictions and problems encountered within the existing environment. Without that top to bottom organizational alignment, including IT, transforming anything will be difficult and the dream of creating a sustainable compliance environment will itself be at risk. Bill, that's a, as fine a definition of culture as I think I've heard in quite some time. Um, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for episode four and I'm continuing my visit with Phil Fry, the Vice President of Financial Compliance and Go-to-Market Strategy at Merit. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for our part five and concluding episode where we take a look at oversight. Bill, I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks very much, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this part three, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow where we conclude our five-part podcast series by tying it all together with oversight. Once again, this podcast series has been sponsored by Verant, and you can check them out at their website, www.verant.com. 
This special five-part podcast series on the future of financial compliance has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.